morning, everyone, and welcome to another Infreviewing Spotlight series. Um, super excited to confirm I have Russ Crowley, uh, Commercial Director of Principal Networks, under the spotlight today. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. Under the spotlight sounds a bit ominous, but see how yeah. we are. No, absolutely. Listen, look, I know you're super busy, so I do appreciate your time. Um, look, I'll do a really quick intro on principle, but I'm sure you can give us some uh, much juicier, better insights. But look, for the wider audience, Principal Networks is uh, a multi-award winning MSP, uh, helps enterprises reduce risk and gain control by accelerating the adoption of cloud managed network and security platforms. Um, their engagements are designed to guide enterprise IT teams through network and security transformation process, paving the way to sort of faster realization of value. So um, my understanding, you guys are covering sort of design, deployment and co-management of software defined networks and security services. So um, like I said, I'm sure you'll give us a, a juicier, better insight. But look, first of all, welcome, Russ. Um, finally got you under the spotlight. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm really good, thank you. Like you say, we're we're really busy at the minute. We're just coming up to the last year, the last, sorry, month of our fourth financial year. Mm -hmm. Just closing out. Yeah, closing out the year is interesting. Also looking at next year, budgeting, what we're going to be spending our money on, what we're going to be focusing our time on, where are we going to get our people? Um, there's lots and lots of challenges. So we're all yeah. interesting. Busy times, yeah. mate, hearing nothing but great things about you guys. And you've uh, yeah been on an exceptional journey and done some great things in a short period of time. Just for mm. the uh, for the wider audience, give us a give us a quick overview of, of your personal sort of career so far, um, sort of pre- principle and where you get where, where you're at now yeah sure so um how far do you want me to go back <laughs> so <laughs> i've only got 45 minutes russ <laughs> no yeah, yeah good point. so i actually kind of um i'm not really a techie at heart okay i'm not really anything in that sense in terms of a in terms of like a, a business person or a techie i just i kind of feel like i fell into um this particular industry when I was about 22 years old, um, I'd done a few different sales jobs and um, I went to work for, I applied to work for a company called IPI okay. based, in, based in Wakefield. And um, I actually started as a, uh, I knew nothing about tech, knew nothing about wide area networks or networks. They, these guys were a networking specialist organization. Um, yeah. And uh, I started as a cold caller, booking meetings for the important people, booking meetings for the external account managers. <laughs> so got handed. There's a CRM. Um, there's a, a lo <laughs> there's a load of target customers. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of target customers. Uh, not really much trading, I'll be honest. It literally on my first day, I've been not knowing anything about the tech. It was like pick up the phone, see if you can book a meeting. Like, yeah, like what? Like, well, don't worry about that. Here's a few questions. Just see if you can book a meeting. And um, it kind of went from there. So, I, yeah, I started on the, the lowest rung of the ladder, really, in sales. Um, as I say, working for that company called IPI and progressed my way up uh, to being an account manager, an external account manager, a regional sales manager. Uh, that company got acquired. I ended up moving on to a, a different organization that were kind of similar, so a network specialist Um you know, local area network, wide area network specialist uh, to SME, mm -hmm. a medium enterprise organizations based in Manchester called ISON. Yep. Um, 
and started there as a senior account manager, became sales director after about four or five years. Uh, that business in 2016 then was acquired by ANS Group. Yeah. Uh, ANS, who are, who are a fairly large, um, you know, well known CSP. And yeah, I stayed with ANS probably for 18 months um, as a sales director for our business unit. Uh, and then and then for various different reasons decided now was the opportunity to to set up our you know set up our own business and and take control of our own destiny so yeah in 2018 uh, Alex Steer and I um, me on the commercial side and Alex on the uh, the engineering side um we set up principal networks as a two man band love it and the rest is history <laughs> yeah, look, and, and look, I love a journey like that as well. I mean, I've had the pleasure of sort of dealing with, uh, um, you know, ISP, ISON, ANS, and then seeing you guys yeah. sort of almost like take that leap and go, do you know what? We've uh, been here, there and everywhere, and we've worked for the small boutique, the slightly larger. Um, mm. We've seen different sort of small MSP network security businesses go in different digital transformation directions. And then it's kind of like, yeah, you and Alex went, do you know what? We want to do it our way and uh and make a difference right and uh so so look that leads me on to uh um to, to tell me a little bit more about i suppose what's 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 the core focus right now you know for from a business perspective for principal networks yeah i would say from a it's interesting really i think when we when we originally set up the business um we were very much we, we saw that there was an opportunity really in terms of a um we both myself and Alex had a really good network of of connections in terms of people and businesses. Yeah, Alex, obviously, an absolutely brilliant um, engineer, ten years CCIE, built service provider networks, customer networks. You know, a, yeah. a genius, really, in that sense. Um, but when we originally set up Principal Networks, it was kind of all focused on networking. We knew that networking was changing, moving towards software defined networking. Uh, and platforms in that sense. And we knew that the service provider model was kind of also changing to a degree. Um, what we didn't expect necessarily was a lot of accelerated change through COVID and the, the ways in which people are now working, you know, from a remote working perspective. Sure. Um, and so we started up, so I kind of feel like we started off as a networking organization in a very short space of time. We've kind of become a network and security platform specialist okay really i would define us more of a a transformation business so really what you know what our core focus is infrastructure transformation as okay. that's it sounds. so um that's about helping medium enterprise organizations take their legacy infrastructure which is you know typically a uh, a branch-based uh, wide area network with perimeter edge firewall and traditionally office-based. Yeah. Those organizations tend to, you know, the types of organizations that we work with tend to have moved to adopting hybrid working, flexible working, remote working. That's then presented uh, a number of efficiencies on one side, but also a number of challenges from a cybersecurity and infrastructure management perspective and control in terms of IT. And, that also presents a lot of opportunity for us to help those organizations kind of migrate to this modern uh, modern platform, modern managed services, yeah. uh, and, a, and, a, and a different way of doing things from a network and security perspective. So that, that's really our, our core focus. They're the, that's the, they're the type of deployments and services that we're 
that we're into at the minute. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and and I think, you know, we mentioned the word COVID and um, I think what everyone had to do, uh, not just internally, but externally from a uh, um, sort of technical visionary um, delivery perspective, look at what's working right now and what's going to work in the future. And mm. I remember when you guys were first launched, it was like straight away, just pinged out software defined. I was like, right, we've got, a, you know, we've got a business here that is going to carve their way through the market. And that's great. And, and, and I think that's absolutely key to have that almost like a USP from a technology perspective, but also that adoption and ability to change and be agile, you know, depending on what's going on in the market and the industry and customers, et cetera. So um, how are you guys seeing the change between sort of being a software defined specialist, um, sort of moving away from a traditional sort of ISP, sort of WAN and PLS to going, well, we're software defined. So now going, well, we're also looking after that sort of cyber security piece as well. Or is that something you're transitioning into? No, I think, you know, network and security have, have kind of been very, there's, there's always been a really close relationship and NetOps, SecOps, you know, they're, they're yeah. very intertwined. I think it's more that, um, if you think about the traditional enterprise, really what we're interested in is once, a, a, if a worker was in an office, what they need is fast, secure, reliable connectivity to the services that they're accessing on that private network. And we need to protect the outside world. Yep. Or if they're working from the internet, we need to extend that VPN, that virtual private network to that uh, end user and make sure that that's kind of secure. Um I would say things have really changed insofar as we look more at, um, certainly with the organizations that we're working with, it's more of a client-based network. So wherever that user or device is, whether it be in an office or in a cafe, in a, you know, in a cafe or working from home or working abroad or wherever it may be, yeah. that client, that user, that device needs secure access to that application, wherever that application may be hosted. And that's not necessarily in a private data center anymore. It might be a SaaS service. It might be a cloud service. Yeah. And so you can't get away from the fact that networks inherently have to be secure. And that, and that then brings much more of a security angle to the conversations that we're having. Of course. Because, you know, and, and you also look at the rise in cybercrime. You look at the fact that most of the organizations that we work with, they have to be compliant with ISO 27001, Cyber Essentials Plus, all the NCSC regulations, you know. And, and if they're not doing that, you know, they're sort of presenting themselves at a little bit of risk. And so these businesses that we're working with, you know, they have lots on and our value really is helping them deliver that transition and deliver a, a solution so that they have that secure client connectivity in a way that's easy to manage, easier to control, that's compliant with, you know, the regulations that they need to meet and so on and so forth. I think that, and that, and that therefore lends itself to, we have, you know, we've had to, we're not a magpie insofar as, well, there's a new technology, let's start doing that. We're kind of just we're moving with the what is the customer demand and where can we add value and that's a, that's not just about reliable connectivity and speed. It's about making sure that that's absolutely secure as well. Secure, love it. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And and again, I've been on sort of so many sort of tech journeys with our customers, and we're seeing that hugely, even more so over the last sort of hmm. two years. Um, you know, back 
but you know, kind of sort of, you know, a few years back or five, 10 years ago, it was very much like, are you LAN, are you WAN, are you networking or are you security? And now they've just, you know, sort of converged if you like. And uh, like you said, you know, it's not necessarily going, do you want this product or that product? It's like, well, we're going to implement this solution and make sure it's secure for the foreseeable, right? And that's that sure. ongoing sort of managed service solution. I love it. And 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 you talk about your 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 your, your client base. You know, what is what does the perfect client look like? You know, whether that be size or vertical or something different. Yeah, so we we kind of operate across multiple different verticals, and I think we tend to do traditionally fairly well in um, traditional industries. So we we've got a lot of manufacturing, logistics, supply chain organ, uh, customers that we work with. Um, because they tend to need, you know, reliable, secure connectivity for branch offices, and that's obviously sure. our heritage. And they're not, you know, whilst they have remote workers, ultimately they're not getting away from the fact that they've got offices, plants. They need to secure their operational technology, all that kind of good stuff. So that that's kind of one area of, of focus for us where we do really well. And then the other side is to typically professional services organisations, so legal, financial. Um, we've got a lot of technology companies that we work with, actually. Okay. And they tend to be, and all of the, in terms of vertical and size, all of the customers that we tend to work with, you know, they're, I class them as, you know, medium enterprise UK-based organisations. So they've got between 500 and 2,000 users. They typically got, you know, complex requirements. Um, and so they don't have everything completely outsourced like maybe an SME would would have. They have their, their own in-house teams, but they do rely on partners for specialist areas around networking and cybersecurity. You know, they're not that big that they've got their own um, their own in-house uh, teams doing absolutely everything for them. Um, that's our sweet spot. And it's typically the organizations that traditionally have had maybe, you know, 10, 20, especially in the professional services side of things, let's say 10, 20 offices across the UK or potentially across the globe. And now they're okay. looking at, well, actually, our workforce has traditionally been based in an office, but now we're doing a lot of hybrid working. We have a lot more services and data based in, you know, SaaS applications and and, and other cloud services. We're going through a lot of change. They're the types of organizations that traditionally have done things with legacy managed services. So they've got a network services provider. Um, they've got a branch office network. They've got perimeter-based firewalling. And actually they're looking at, how do we do this more on a client per, you know, on a per user basis okay. from a security and, and platform perspective? And 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 that's where the network and security transformation sort of exercises come from, where we say, well, let's look at your legacy and let's and let's move this more to a platform-based software-defined network, software-defined cybersecurity, a cloud security platform that's not um sort of office perimeter based. Yeah, consolidating it into one so you can look after everything from a network and security perspective under one roof effectively, but it allows the yeah. businesses to operate anywhere around the UK or internationally, right? Exactly. Love it. Perfect. And then if we were to look at um, sort of the, I suppose, the famous question, the, uh, the, the, the plans for the next few years, um, probably difficult to summarize in a couple of minutes, but, you know, if right now you were sitting there, you and, you, you, you and Alice are going, right, uh, sorry, Alex, <laughs> sitting there going, right, uh, what, what are the plans right now over the next sort of three to five years? Uh, what does that look like in terms of sort of vision and tech? Yeah, so 
Um, I think moving, continuing to move more in that, I mean, growth is the number one, is the number one thing. Brilliant. And it's important, just, you know, one thing I want to say about growth. One thing I learned early on is that to grow a business, you've really got to look after your existing customers. Because ultimately, when you look at our pipeline, where does, you know, you can't, you can't grow as a business if you're losing customers. So customer service is at the heart of obviously everything that we do. Of course. And, and also adding more value to the customers that we've got. You know, a lot of our pipeline and our growth actually comes from solving the challenges for our existing customers and yeah. not all just being like net new, net new, net new. You know, clearly to grow in, we've got ambitious targets and we do uh, we do absolutely want to continue. Yeah, I still feel like we're, we're not a startup anymore. We're very much a scale-up and we're in that scale-up phase, but we've got ambitious targets in terms of where we want to get to. And that potentially is... Um, moving more into, uh, you know, cloud networks, cloud security, cloud infrastructure platform. Okay. You know, potentially an area of growth for us in and around cloud, certainly within the Microsoft stack. If you look at what Microsoft are doing just generally in the market, monopolizing the market, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, what, from a Sentinel perspective or? Uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, potentially. Obviously, everything that we do in security, if you're able to obviously bring all that in into, you know, manage NOC, SOC, Sentinel yeah. as one source of truth, that obviously makes sense. But potentially even as well, um, cloud infrastructure platforms. So okay. a lot of the organizations that we work with, you know, they're going through a transformation of moving, moving services into ultimately to a degree that they're doing what we do. So we don't have an office. Um, everything that we do, all of our services are cloud native. Yeah. Um, all of our users can work from anywhere, anytime, highly secure and access the services that they need in a, in a secure and performant manner. And a lot of the traditional businesses that we're working with are actually trying to do what we do now. And so a lot of that revolves around, um, you know, involves, sorry, the Microsoft stack. Um, and so because we do it personally ourselves and we're pretty good at it. You know, when, when we have new starters, we ship out a laptop, it builds itself, all of the the rules, policies, and so on. You know, there's no there's no sitting there building a laptop these days in a lab and then shipping it out. You know, that's all <laughs> that's all automated, scripted. A lot of the customers that, that we work with would love that. And therefore, why can we not monetize that? You know, why can we not get further into that um into that into that that side of things in terms of platform infrastructure and, and delivering those services. So that's potentially an area of growth for us. We're also considering, you know, at the minute the UK market is is huge and we've got no immediate plans to to move offshore. Okay. Um, but North America is potentially a market as well. Where we yeah, look big at, market. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we look at and we say, well, could we do, because we're not bound by, a central office it gives us kind of infinite expansion and so yeah. we could you know i could be working at the minute i'm working in north yorkshire but i could be yeah. working you know there could be another me that's actually working in san francisco for example absolutely serving customers within that local region so because we've we haven't pinned ourselves to an office and all our services are cloud native it actually gives us that yeah kind of ease of scale potentially yeah. so that's another area that, that we're considering but i think Right now, in the immediate in the immediate future, it's all about making sure that um, a we continue to invest early on in the right systems and services. So, um, 
does our technology stack make sense and add value to our customers? Do our internal systems, our internal systems and processes scalable, not just for how we operate now, but how we how we might operate when we're 10 times the size and we've got financial audits and so on and so forth. You know, we those systems have got to be in place as we grow. What we I've seen it in organizations before where you either, you know, you grow to a size and then go, oh, we should have, you know, if only we had this data, if only if only we had these systems in place. Yeah. Um, we need to start doing this. Uh, it might be audits, for example, financial audits. And so we have to retrofit a load of stuff. Like, you know, I don't want to do that. What, we, what we've made a conscious decision, an effort to do is, you know, get our ISO 20,000 20, for IT service management, get our ISO 27,001, 20, sorry, for the way that we manage our secure operations and actually live and work to those processes, make sure that we invest in the right tech from a, um, yeah, from a business management perspective. So we've, we've invested in dynamics. So yep. therefore we do a lot around power automate. Um, it opens up a lot of opportunities for us. We're just hiring a new developer who's then going to continue to develop um, our internal systems so that we're as efficient as we possibly can be and we've got the right data and we've got, you know, the right business processes mapped to the systems that we use and all that kind of good stuff because we need, you know, we are expecting to grow and therefore we need to be scalable and we don't want these, you know, we want to avoid as many of the sort of growing <laughs> pains. Yeah, just, just avoid the growing pains, you know, and, and they're going to, they are going to be some and they'll be different, but I don't want that to be, we didn't invest in the right system early on we've grown without process because it's agile, but then it's not repeatable and everything that we do is in people's heads. You know, it can't be that way. Um, so that's really important to us. Uh, obviously, customer acquisition is important and we're investing heavily in um, marketing, brand awareness. We're just looking at PR agency currently. Um, okay. Going through a bit of a beauty parade with a number of different PR agencies because I see long-term the value in building that brand. Absolutely really good success stories around how that's worked as well um and you know i will probably get to a point where um where we at the minute you know we've had we've sought no outside investment we've just grown organically through you know doing doing what we've done doing a good from, job yeah just from doing a good yeah. job we might get to that point where we want to really ramp up our growth and then for potentially seek some outside investment to fuel um, the the growth strategy, whether that be across the pond or whether that be to potentially look to make some strategic acquisitions, which I actually think, you know, it'd be relatively good at as long as you look after, you know, the people and customers, I think. And Absolutely. You, you know, you make the right decisions in terms of um, the type of company that you, that you want to acquire. I think that could work potentially really well. So, yeah, we're open to opportunities, focused on growth, but making sure that we're still really spending time and effort building the foundations. Love it. Love it. I mean, some really, really great insights there. And I think we've all seen so many businesses that have invested too quick in the wrong tech or, you know, they've tried to go and specialize in another area that everyone's talking about, but actually doesn't complement their current infrastructure or the current yeah. solution and services they offer their customers. And therefore, it kind of sort of dies out and then it becomes a, a wasted investment. It becomes a cash loss. And then what that starts to do is drip into what is going really well. And that becomes less and less profitable. And therefore, the business is as great as what it should be. Right. I love what you said, you know, and you talked about automation. Right. I mean, it's the 
the topic of every conversation that I'm in at the moment, internally, externally, customers, candidates, and uh, yeah, why wouldn't we look to utilize uh, as much or, or try and automate as much as we possibly can internally to enhance our capability to offer a better service to our customers, right? I mean, that goes yeah. without saying. And uh, yeah. you also touched on looking after your staff. Staff's key, you know, it's staff retention, uh, work-life balance, culture, you know, making sure that people are happy, they're getting the training, the development, all of this kind of stuff is absolutely critical in today's market. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think a lot of businesses tend to sometimes forget about, you know, who got them to the place that they are at right now and then start getting waylaid with, well, let's just get more investment and let's invest in more areas and go to the US or whatever and forget about the people that will actually got them to that point and gave them. I, I talk about creating the power of choice. And I think, yeah. you know, that's something that is needs to, is so valuable in any business of any size. You know, when you get to that point, you're in a, a, a far greater position to actually look at what makes sense right now and how we can add some more value to our existing customers and in the future, I love it. I mean, you know, in terms of your 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 your, your USP, what, what's the core USP? If we were to put that out to the open market, um, how would you label that in a couple of sentences? Um, it's tricky, really. I think there's, you know, we've got we've got the usual stuff. You know, we if you speak to any of our customers, we provide a great service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we we've got a lot of. Um, in terms of the way that we architect our service desk, you know, we don't have first line, second line. We've got some really good people and we make sure that our customers get quick, fast, direct access and are able to build relationships with those really good people to get the best value from them. Yeah. I actually think, you know, I know quite a few people, quite a few businesses sort of do that. And as you scale, it becomes more difficult. But I think if you spoke to any of our customers, you'd say, We've got a great relationship. They take ownership and they provide a great service. But actually, I think what our USP is, is probably our attitude and our culture for taking, for, for, for looking at what does, the, what does the legacy MSP offer? And they offer, you know, scale and size and repeatability in, in terms of the solutions and the technologies that they've always done and it's very difficult for them to kind of change that model. And actually if I was an MSP right now, where I'd built my own infrastructure, I had my national core network and I was bringing services into that core network and I'd built my own private platform or whatever, I'd be really concerned right now as an MSP, I'd be thinking, well, how do I maintain my margins and my revenues when lots of com commodity technology is coming on board that actually I can make use of as a business or that, yeah. and that's going to disrupt potentially that, that market, that MSP market. And I think that's probably where our USP is because we chose not to build our core network infrastructure. You know, we've done that in the past. Yeah. We chose not to build anything that's proprietary to us. And actually a lot of our solutions are based in non-proprietary. You know, you take, you take a, a, a solution from principal networks is typically commoditized internet-based connectivity for branch offices and that's resilient and you know and it's all spec'd up correctly for those offices and it's other vendor technologies it might be it might be zscaler for zero trust it might be cyber art for privileged access management it might be microsoft for xyz we take all of those technologies that customers can buy you know co commoditized licenses software services and then we we pull all that together into a integrated solution 
we deliver that in the way that it's intended to be delivered. So it's software defined. That makes it really easy for customers to manage, control. It gives them that agility. You know, these technologies are designed for businesses to be able to manage themselves to a degree. And then what they rely on, and we we don't take control of that. What we do is we make sure it's healthy, it's fed, it's watered, it's secure, it's compliant. And we provide that third line co-managed service that's actually adding the value around well, how do I change this? I've got a complex problem with it. Um, how do I, you know, roll out a new technology or how do I get the most from my existing investment? And that's where we add the value. So it's actually, you know, it's not just creating this service that we control and we manage that's proprietary to us and we lock our customers into a three-year or five-year contract. I mean, that is great from a business value perspective. But what I, I would say what our USP is is actually delivering those non-proprietary solutions in a way that our customers can actually consume commoditized items in an integrated way that delivers what they need in terms of the technology stack. And our, and our value is the managed service that's actually providing that, that third line escalation, that, that I guess, the expertise um, to augment the internal IT teams that we work with uh, and their skills. I would say that's our USP in it. I mean, Perfect. you probably need USP to be an elevator pitch. <laughs> no, not 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 really. No, because to be fair, like you say, you can list off, you know, the the sort of four or five generic ones, or we can go into a bit of detail, like you just said, and I absolutely love exactly. it. You know, it's not one hat fits all. It's not one solution, and then we're done. It's not here's this service. Um, now it's over to you, or we're now just going to sign you up for three years and don't worry about it. It's for me, it's a partnership, right? You know, um, you're going to offer a solution that hopefully enables that business to be more strategic or to be more profitable or effectively have their IT to be running more effectively and smoothly and more secure, right? And sure. things do happen and things change. So, you know, it's that ongoing relationship and working together to get the optimum results at all times. And it's not, yeah. let's sign for three years and we speak to you once a year. It's no that ongoing relationship and that partnership and that communication, right? Yeah, for sure. And if you think about, again, you know, we, we've, we, we haven't purposefully put ourselves in a vulnerable position. But if you think about the that, all right, just internet-based connectivity and not, a, and not a fully managed MPLS, you know, like it maybe used to be, like a customer, an enter, a medium enterprise couldn't build and, and take their own fully managed MPLS, you know, and do it themselves. They had to buy it from a service provider. They had yeah. to rely on MSP. And that presents, you know, that puts a lot of reliance on that MSP for, you know, well, I need, if I need something changing, I'm relying on you to change it. I'm relying on your quality, you know, so on and so forth. And that's still the case today. But if we don't deliver that, and if we're not adding value in terms of our service and helping our customers get the best from their investment, they've got an internet-based network using, you know, from various different ISPs. They've got technologies that they could find a, a different partner for. It's actually very easy for our customers to walk away from us if we're not providing a great level of service because we're providing non-proprietary solutions. So actually the real good incentive, you know, by the way, our customers aren't walking away from us, so we must be doing something yeah. right. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. It actually, you know, that's, it, I think gone are the days where you can just, and I, and I think this will continue to change, um, where you can just rely on, well, we're a service provider. Customers have to buy this. They're going to have to buy it from somewhere. They'll buy it from us and we'll remain sticky and we'll provide an okay service and we'll manage the faults and, and all the rest of it. And I think 
you just look at what Microsoft have done. Microsoft have made it really, really easy for businesses to go out and buy Microsoft and manage it themselves. Networks, cybersecurity, it's all going the same way. And I think for us to continue to build that service provider business, we need to be able to deliver these non-proprietary solutions that customers can control themselves and can easily find new providers for and not be stuck into and not be wedged into these these three five-year contracts um and we need and we need to be doing it in a way that offers real value to customers uh, which is me it's about it's not just fixing faults you know i know that for it operations managers when things go wrong we we need you know faults need to be fixed quickly yeah yeah of course it goes without saying but it's about the other things you know you've invested in a new technology for zero trust well how do you make how are you making sure that that's continuously healthy and compliant and you're getting the best out of it you know these are all this is all you know that's good adding that extra value and that ongoing service opposed to here's a bit of tech is going to help you out well actually it's the ongoing service that wraps around that so ideally prevent it from happening before it does right you know this is the you know stopping i love it um so off tape, if you like, we're going to cut out soon. If we do, I'm going to send you another link, by the way, Russ, just to because uh, uh, we've got probably about 15 more minutes left. But um, I should probably stop being a tight bastard and upgrade the uh, the Zoom at one point. But, no, uh, no, but there you go. So so I'll send you another link at some point. But okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause and then bring it back to you now. Okay. Cool, Russ. Look, some brilliant insights there in terms of what you guys are doing and where you're at and what you're looking to achieve and and how you do it. Um, let's just bring it back to you a little bit more now. So, uh, you know, um, uh, give the audience, uh, you know, a little bit more about you. What's what, what's your biggest career success to date? Big question oh. there, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big question. You know, you've always got like the first. What's the first? You know, major deal that I won the promotion. It's easy for me. It's got to be getting principal networks off the ground. You know, Absolutely. we took, a, yeah, I mean, it's an obvious one. We took a massive, um, I, I guess we took a risk to a degree. Actually, yep. setting up a business um, today is a lot easier than maybe it was back in the day. You know, if you think if we'd have done this ten years ago, we'd have had to find an office, get some servers, get some phones, have some infrastructure, install some software, and you know, do yeah. all that sort of stuff. We didn't have to do any of that this time. We we span up some cloud services, we bought some laptops, um, and in our first twelve months, if you like, it was about well, how can we add value to customers as a two man band? You know, with our partner network, our partner ecosystem that we've got, and um, and I think that's yeah. If you look at where we are today, twenty plus staff, we'll probably turn over three and a half million this year. We've wow, fifty customers ish transacting customers um we've got an amazing pipeline for the future we're investing more in marketing and growth you think about starting off as a two-man band each of us working from home from laptops to where we are today i think that's a big success love it love it and and and, you know something that always stood out for me when uh you guys launched and uh you know i caught up with you and you were just like look you know we want to do things the right way you know we've been there done it but there's still a lot more to learn and actually, that's what excites you both the most, right? Because, um, you know, you always want to remain teachable. And, you know, a strap line that um, you sort of directed to me on your website was, you know, principal name, principal by name, principal by nature. Love it. You know, and, and, and actually every time I speak to someone about, um, you know, not just you two, but your business, your culture, um, you know, how you operate, how you treat people, customers and staff, it's always mm-hmm. been 
absolutely at the highest standard. Honestly, you know, it's just the name that you guys have got, what you've created, not just through success with customers, because you clearly offer a fantastic service, but how you position yourself in the market, how you put yourselves across, how you articulate, you know, the vision, the strategy, and just being good people, right? You know, I think, you know, if you are looking to, you know, leave one business and start on your own, we always use this phrase at interview, you know, you just got to be a good egg, you know, you just got to be decent, loyal, hungry, motivated people with a real passion for what you do, but do things the right way and don't piss people off. Right. You know, it's, it, it's about going the extra mile, adding value at every possible stage of any process. But yeah, um, yeah I've got this sort of phrase that I always use, no job too small, no job too big. Right. And, you know, it's served myself and, and, and my business partner, you know, Tim Davey over the years. And, uh, and actually it's just, it's what business is all about, doing something you love with passion, with enthusiasm and taking people through on that journey to hopefully develop and progress, you know, the staff that we hire, right? You know, but doing it with a smile on our face and always going above and beyond. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what you guys have done and what you've achieved and, you know, you've got a fantastic story. I'm just excited to see how far you take it, right? Um, cool.